Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul Rand McNally. And we'll be your hosts and tour guides on a trip across America, one small town at a time. In the spirit of our great-great-grandfather, we're traveling the country writing the family's first almanac in over 50 years. Towns and Country, the McNally Brothers' comprehensive guide to small-town America. Each week we'll be in a new town, and after getting to know the place and the people, we'll tell you, the listener, all there is to know. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of These Parts. I'm Vince McNally, one of your hosts. That means with me this week, as he is almost every week, is my traveling companion, my friend, and of course my brother, Elliot McNally. Elliot Are you ready for a trip, not just to a new town, but down memory lane? I am, Vince. Being in this town all week has really made me think of our childhood, obviously, but also our great-great-grandfather, who was, in a way, the great-great-grandfather of the craze. Yes, now, maybe you call it a fad. Maybe you call it uh, the, the joie de vivre. But what you must call it is something that impacts the pop cultural zeitgeist. He was probably the... The first to implement a craze, which was, of course, in his time, smoking a pipe and illustrating previously uncharted territories. Now, this really swept the nation, and because the legal age of smoking was only two, even young kids could hop on the bandwagon, which was another craze at the time. Of course, yeah, of course, the bandwagon being literally the wagon that would fo- follow around a. Mm-hmm. A, a particularly intrepid pipe smoker. Yes. Uh, now, these pipe smokers would rise to popularity based usually on the jauntiness with which they smoked the pipe, uh, particularly jaunty fellows or ladies. And those who were particularly popular would get a, an actual wagon with a, with a three-piece band uh, following them, mm-hmm. and then people would hop on to enjoy the good times, let them roll as they were. That's also where that phrase comes from. And, you know, in my research this week, it seems like a fad takes about 10 years to recycle but what about a craze that that's kind of what we're asking this week in this episode Vince absolutely uh there aren't any real good metrics for measuring that but maybe we can change all that this week uh Ellie without further ado let's put this town on the map let's do it Vince so listeners at home please take out your commemorative Rand McNally U.S. wall map and your pushpins get ready to stick a pin in, of course, Florp, Louisiana. Vince, why are we here today? Listeners, do you remember the 90s? I know I do. There were a lot of amazing things going on, but one of the most amazing were the strange toys that were come up with. Uh, in the sort of following in the footsteps of Silly Putty, there were these a series of, of uh, toys. Uh, maybe you remember Squand or Flome. Or, of course, Gak. Uh, One of those same such toys, slime-based toys, was invented here in Florp. Of course, Florp being its namesake. So Florp, the the product, really put the town of Florp on the map, just like we're doing today. Everybody who was anybody in the 90s had Florp. Vince and I played with it. I'm sure you guys played with it. Um, But for the past decade, couple decades going on now, Florp hasn't really been in the public eye. Absolutely. But there's one woman, at least, working to change all that. Do you care to introduce yourself, ma'am? Uh, yeah, my name's Tina. Tina, thanks so much for joining us. And Tina, do you want to explain your station here in the city of Florp? Uh, my station? Uh, I am, uh, uh, the granddaughter of, uh, of, uh, Captain Florp. 
uh, he prefers to be called Captain. That's, that's interesting. I'm already learning something. Uh, what was his captaincy of? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, he'd probably uh, be mad at me for saying this, but he wasn't really a captain. Uh, he just wore a captain's hat. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, we would go down by the in the bayou, and uh, he would uh, he would pretend he would pretend to to captain a ship. Interesting. You're of course referring to the inventor of Florp, and and you as his granddaughter are still at Florp Co. International, um, and you are head of PR. I am. You? Yeah. Uh, Begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't know how good of PR that answer is. But before we go any further, do you mind sticking a pin in Florp, Louisiana? Uh, like literally, you want me to? Uh, yep, we've got the large map on the side of the RV right here. So if you could, I thought you wanted me to maybe stick a pin in the ground or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Oh, perfect. Uh, that's that's great. Now. Tell us a bit about your grandfather. Of course, we're talking about James K. Florp, the inventor of Florp. Uh, it says here he's got a degree in, in oozology from LSU. Uh, but what else, what don't we know? We know he's a captain, uh, at least in an imaginative sense. What else don't we know about, about Mr. Florp? Well, he's got an intolerance to dairy. In many ways, that spawned his invention of Florp. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, there's uh, without uh, dairy products, uh, you know, food can uh, can get kind of slippery. <laughs> so you need to, you know, you need to have something to bind it all together. Interesting. So in the etymology of Florp, does the FL stand for phlegm? No, actually, uh, it it stands for uh, fumigated larva. Mm. Yeah, Vince, phlegm is spelled with a PH, and the PH of the town uh, is increasingly high because of the amount of florp in it. Mm-hmm. So, Tina, what have you done as head of PR to try and reinvigorate the interest and the craze of florp that was rampant in the nineties? Sure, sure. Yeah, I've tried a few approaches. Uh, I'm still, uh, still, uh, greasing the wheels. Uh, you know, at first I, uh, just did some kind of like, uh, sneak attack approaches, uh, where I would just, um, you know, people would be eating and, uh, I would just, uh, come, come in like a ninja and, uh, throw some, some, some florp in their, in their mouths. That didn't work as well as I thought it would. Uh, people apparently don't like things being put in their mouth without their consent i've heard that before. yeah Yeah. so that was a good lesson you know we're always as humans we're always learning we're growing so i learned that one i wrote that rule on the wall on the wall of your office yes yes i'm a visual i'm a visual learner uh so i had to write that one down are there any other rules that you've written down over the years that maybe the company now uh heeds by yeah i have uh 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 no swimming uh, after after uh, one, especially if you've eaten some mm. florp. So that's more of like a, a rule just within your yeah. building. But it's also you know okay, it's also sure. a life lesson. You know you know learn learn your your uh, your strengths and your weaknesses and 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 and, and you know just uh, don't go swimming with florp in your belly. Now to clarify, let me clarify the the mechanics of the rule. So, if you eat florp, then don't swim after 1 p.m. Does that mean you can eat florp and then swim before 1 p.m.? Yes, thank you for clarifying. Um so it has to do with the frogs. The, the frogs before 1 1 o'clock are sleeping. Uh-huh. And then after 1, um they become raging 
uh, hormonal crazy creatures. Mm. And the Florp uh, just triggers something in them. and uh, They're attracted to the scent of Florp. Yes, yes. And they will, they will try anything they can to get your Florp. Oh my. That also sounds non-consensual. Um, I wouldn't want any part of it. So we're, we're breaking some fascinating ground, but Elliot, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we should maybe start at the start. Let's do it, Vince, in a segment we call Local Legends. So listeners, a lot of the towns we visit have a seminal person in history that either led to the town's formation or its fame. Florp, of course, uh, is a slam dunk for this segment because James K. Florp uh, still lives today, and his legacy, of course, lives on even stronger. Now, I hope this isn't bringing up uh, some troubling subject, Tina, but your grandfather is still alive, technically. Isn't that correct? Yes, and Captain. Mm. Excuse me. Uh, Captain James K. Florp uh, lives now, maybe you could talk about his current state, or or if it's too painful for you, we can just go back to his younger days. His days when you and he would spend together playing with Florp, presumably dreaming up uses for Florp. Sure. I, I prefer to just talk about his bedridden time now. Uh, my childhood was uh, riddled with um, things I just don't want to talk about um that's ominous <laughs> he was a he was an awful man I'll, I'll be i'll be honest you know my pr uh tactic is just honesty you know um he was a horrible man he was a horrible man who came up with a really beautiful product and now he's bedridden and i i like him better now because he can't move mm-hmm. and uh you know i i get to control i get to control things now so i i, I like that uh he is i have uh made him very comfortable uh, there are sounds of whales uh, in his room, uh, which makes him uh, think back to his fake captain days. Yeah, I'm actually looking at a, a photograph from the Florp Gazette, and um, it's got two of those, uh, I think the police officers call them sound cannons, and they are each are aimed at one side of his head, and they're firing sounds of the ocean at him at high velocity. Yes, he uh, felt... The most comfortable and the most happy when he had the sounds of the ocean violently attacking his ears. <laughs> and, and do you care to comment on the small tagboard sign he's holding that says, I beg for death? Sure. Yeah, that was a joke. That was a joke that we always played. Ah, uh, classic. Yeah, it was a classic of like, oh, please, kill me. That's the sort of, that's the sort of humor that can only be shared between a granddaughter and her grandfather. Uh, no need to pry into that any further. Uh, maybe you could talk about how Florp came to be, those early Florp days. Sure, sure. Well, you know, my uh, grandfather, like I said, was quite a jerk. Uh, and he used to throw, throw us grandchildren into the bayou. Uh, even though we were screaming, please, there's poisonous snakes, and the bugs could drown us. Uh, and he would just laugh. And one day, I I got stuck under that water. Hmm. A frog came. It made direct eye contact with me under that water. And I feel like I can be honest with you, too. Uh, we became one. We became one. And when I emerged from that water, holding myself in the frog... I went to my grandfather and I said, Grandpa, he is me and I am he and this is me. And my grandfather took that frog in his hand and he squeezed it, trying to kill it. 
I said, Grandpa, it's me. It's me in that frog. And he squeezed and squeezed, but the frog didn't die. What it did do is it squirted out this juice, this this beautiful, beautiful juice. And from there, Florp was born. Now, I got to admit, Tina, that's a lot more spiritual and macabre of a story than I was expecting. Thank you. So just by the grace of your grandfather's sheer negligence, Florp yes. was born in the bayou that day. In some sort of hard-to-understand conjoinment of human, woman, and frog. Yes. Wow. From there, it really, correct me if I'm wrong, took off. Everyone was playing with it. Everyone loved it. Let's fast forward to the 90s. I still remember the first Florp commercial, which we actually have here, Vince. Should, do you think we should play it? Oh, I... I have to brace myself for the overwhelming nostalgia, but I think we should fire it up, Elliot. Yeah, so I believe this is the one where kind of a rambunctious little boy is tricking people, and the first person he tricks is his mom, who's eating her morning yogurt, but it actually turns out it's Florp. Let's play it. Hey, Mom, enjoying your yogurt? Sure am, Timmy. (laughs) It's Florp, you idiot. Florp, the goo that lets you do you. Hi, I'm Kevin Costner. And I love Florp. Florp is great. Buy it for your kids today. Side effects of Florp include blindness, pregnancy, rashes, super blindness, objects in rearview mirrors appearing exactly as far away as they are, inability to recognize shapes and colors. The makers of Florp are not responsible for side effects incurred while looking, touching, or being in the same vicinity as Florp. Get Florped. Get Florped. Now, that was beautiful. Yes. It made every kid want to be that... (laughs) little asshole kid in the commercial. And it made every mom want to be that vomiting mom. Yeah, we got lots of letters. We got lots of letters. Mixed, mixed letters, you know. Mm -hmm. But Kevin, oh, I just, I forgot that we had Kevin as our spokesman. Kevin was attached to a lot. Yeah, how did, how did that come about? Uh, We were, we, uh, we met, uh, I was swimming in the bayou, as I do. Uh, and Kevin was on the banks, and I I swam up to him like an alligator swimming to his prey. <laughs> and, he was uh, um, doing some method acting, getting ready for Waterworld at the time. Correct. And uh, I just uh, I sprang out of the water like a beautiful gazelle, and uh, and uh, I pretty much uh, told him I I wouldn't let go of him unless he did our commercial. What so. you see so much today are these very forced and artificial celebrity spokespeople, but. What I love about Florp and the Kevin Costner relationship is that it was so organic. Yeah, you could really hear the fear in his voice. He was a, he was scared of you or the frogs or Florp itself. What you couldn't see uh, is that I was holding on to him like my grandfather held on to that frog uh, while he did that commercial. Yeah, I think you're the reason why he had to he had to turn down his role uh, in that that thriller from uh, I'm forgetting the name Misery. How That's dare right. You. He said he didn't want to do that because he he didn't believe in in winter. <laughs> interesting, yeah, a, a, sort of an interesting quirk of Kevin Costner that he does not believe in certain seasons. Those seasons being uh, spring and winter, uh, the reasoning mm-hmm. we don't know, uh, but right. it's actually what led him to being cast in Waterworld uh, because the the director and writer of that film also doesn't believe in winter. Thus, our you know eternal summer post apocalyptic. Yeah. Water wasteland. That's why Kevin Costner refuses to watch Game of Thrones, actually. You know, if he says, you know, winter is coming, that's that's a, that's a lie. I'm not going to watch that show. Propaganda. You know, I mm-hmm. really, really appreciate a person who can stick to their values. Mm-hmm. Much like your grandfather, 
Much like Florp sticks to anything it touches. Isn't that fun? It is. It is fun. And you know what else is fun, Elliot? What would that be, Vince? Answering the questions that our great listeners have each and every week. Oh, that is such a good time. We should get right to that in our next segment. Wouldn't you like to know? So listeners, as I so skillfully alluded to, wouldn't you like to know is your weekly opportunity to write in with your questions, queries, and inquisitions. We read three on air each every week. Uh, This week is no different. Elliot, you've got the first question, don't you? I do. This one comes from Vivica in Helena, Montana. Vivica, thanks so much for writing. Vivica says, aside from Kevin Costner, who is easily the best product spokesman who ever lived for Florida. True. Very credible, Vivica. um, There were several that died. I think that's why she said whoever lived. She says that there were so many product placements of Florp in the 90s, and can we discuss our favorite ones? Great question. Tina, I bet you have some excellent answers to yeah. this. Uh, my favorite were uh, when uh, Florp and Gushers mm-hmm. uh, did a... Mm-hmm. Twice the slime. Twice the slime. It was like a surprise pack. Were you going to get mixed berry or Florp? <laughs> Yeah, the local your local hospital was interested in that question for sure. You know, that's what's nice about Florp is we give back to the community. We give jobs to the hospitals. We give jobs <laughs> to the fishermen. We give jobs to little Timmy who wants to kill his mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, much like World War One revolutionized radio technology, Florp really sprung forward stomach pump technology several decades. You're welcome. Uh, well, Gushers was a great crossover hit. Talk about two nostalgic freight trains slamming into each other. Mm-hmm. Elliot, I... I want to mention my favorite uh, TV opportunity for Florp. Oh, great. And that was on the the 90s hit uh, kids adventure show, Salute Your Shorts. Oh, that was such an awesome show. I... I can't remember how was Florp involved. Well, it was a it was a sort of a holiday special called Salute Your Florp. Uh, the kids <laughs> get a, a delivery of their Christmas presents to camp, and every single one of them gets Florp. Uh, it turns into a Florp war and a war to control the Florp. Actually, takes a very dark turn. Sort of a capture the flag meets you know the trenches. Uh, but in the end, Florp is the victor, and they are all dead in Florp. Oh, yes, it's coming back to me now. It's a very dark episode. Thankfully, it doesn't actually, it's non, non-canon, but... Mm. Oh, yeah, as, as many Christmas episodes are. Um, I think those are two great examples. My favorite product placement was of the stunt variety. Ooh. Tina, do you know what he's talking about? Uh, are, you, are you speaking of when uh, Florp was uh, in an in a action movie? Uh, it, I think it was filmed, but I'm talking about when Lake Pontchartrain in New Orleans was filled with Florp and then Evil Knievel jumped it. That was sensational. It was sensational up until he didn't make it and fell into what essentially was uh, a, a lake of acid because, you know, the pH of Lake Pontchartrain and Florp melded together to create sort of a skin-boiling concoction, they say. And that was Evil Knievel's last jump. Yeah, there was no way of us being able to predict that. Plus, <laughs> plus the bull sharks in Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful, horribly bloody, beautiful end. Yeah, needless to say, it was Evil Knievel's last jump. But it was really a sun rising on a variety of Florp-based stunts to happen over the next decade. Wow, you you are very good with words. And you, I might say, are good with Florp. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. 
That's, it's nice. You know, I haven't, I have to say it's, I, I've only been talking with Captain and, and my Florp, uh, for many years, so it's, it's just nice to, it's nice to hear another voice, you know? Talking with Florp is, do you have some sort of sentient Florp in the works, at the lab? A sentient? A sentient, a, a, a living, A Florp that can think Florp. like a, like a man or woman can. Wow, well thank you for clarifying, I, that it was a big word for me you remember my, i mean you remember my story of the frog that was me and i he i don't real i still don't truly understand it but yes i do remember it what is there not to understand i am he and he is i to still yes well my grandpa captain tried to kill that frog and uh, that's where the florp came from well he let go of that florp and ran uh, he let go of the frog and ran away with the florp and i was left with myself Panting on the ground. So you were, was he squeezing you also? I, I thought you brought him the frog. I, I the frog, I am the frog, the frog is I. So while he squeezed the frog, he was squeezing me. Sometimes it seems like you're reading from an ancient text of some kind. Thank you. Yeah, you, so I, you were saying, you, you were saying though, Tina. Yes, thank you. I was saying, I, I took that frog back to my home and, and because he was me and I was he, I brought him back to life. I, I, I fed him, I nurtured him like he was my own because he was, because he was me. And he has lived all of these years and it has been me and him, mm. him and I. In my little shack. Could I posit that Florp comes from this frog? If if the frog wasn't alive, Florp would cease to be. Well, uh, back in the day, yes, yes. But I had a fever dream one night, and uh, it came to me that, my God, this frog, you know, frogs only live maybe 60 years? 60? No, no. That sounds right. I don't... Yeah. I think that's still... No. I mean, colder. I think cold. I think they lived. To, I think they lived between four, four and eight yes, years. Yeah, I think it's it's much less than a decade. Clearly, you you don't know what you speak of because this frog has lived for a good twenty years now. Well, I think, but you're also conjoined at the soul with this frog, so I think the general rules of biology have been ignored. Interesting. <laughs> and he also has no predators except for me when I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm gonna not comment on that one, but. Maybe we should comment on the next listener question, Elliot. Did I answer the last question? More or less, yes. I think that you have. Yes, I think so. Vince, Elliot, and Guest, you guys have probably talked about some Costner films already. Well, I don't know how he would know that, but this unnamed individual. Who is this from? <laughs> this, is from this is from Gregory in Baltimore. Oh, you just you just started saying things. Are, are you reading this from memory, Vince? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This ha it was Invisible Ink, and now that we've left the sunlight, the uh -oh. lemon, the whatever the lemon he wrote in is not appearing anymore. Um. So anyway. Oh, I see. I'm sure you've talked about Costner films already, but how could you have overlooked his greatest work? A, a, in a film shot mm. and set in Florp, no less. Truly irresponsible podcasting. Wow. Yikes. He's really calling yeah. us out. I, I speak, of course, yeah. of the great Costner epic, Deliverance. Huh. He seems to be <laughs> wrong on not just one, but several counts in this letter that you are reciting from memory, Vince. Are you sure you're remembering it correctly? <laughs> let, here, let me get it under the black light again. Uh, yeah, verified. That's, that is what he's asking. Yes. Okay. Um, hmm. Well... Okay, so Kevin Costner was was not in no. Deliverance, and Deliverance 
was not was neither shot nor set in Florida. We're pretty close. It was shot and set in Georgia. Um, do people confuse? this often tina yes they do yes mm. i'm glad i thought gregory might have been thinking of tin cup but you're, mm. you're saying he we get the deliverance question a lot here here in florida yes uh we get people coming on deliverance uh tours um and uh you know at, at first i would try to explain to them that they were not only in the wrong state but being very rude uh you know just because you're in the south doesn't mean then. Yeah, no kidding, right? I remember that a lot of people that would take those tours would be very upset because they'd be sitting on one of those, like, Wisconsin Dells duck boats for over <laughs> six hours. And then they'd realize they were in Louisiana and not Georgia. And the tour guides had no idea. So, you know, after a while, I, I thought, you know, instead of making them sad, why not, why not give them something that they're not expecting? So I, I would, uh, me and myself, uh, me and the frog... Would uh would dress up, we'd dress up in 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 little costumes and and hide hide by the boats uh and 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 jump out of the water and spray them spray them spray them with we'd florp. spray them with florp if I had it uh sometimes I just I'd spray them with my own tears <laughs> yikes that <laughs> that was unex that's unexpected are we going I, too deep no 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 this is the type of Audio journalism, we we really crave. Um, I was just I was just startled. That's all by that vulnerable moment from you. They were looking for a water show, so I gave them one. You know what I remembered too, uh, Vincentina, is that this question reminds me of the greatest floor product placement of all, which was Burt Reynolds' mustache was made of floor mm, for many years. That's right. How did you secure that? Spokesman, Tina. Uh, uh, pretty similar to how I uh, procured Kevin. You know, uh, Bert came down uh, for a nice, nice, uh, nice vacation. Is this going to be a frog-related story? Just <laughs> <laughs> up at the top here. No. Oh, it's not. Okay. Uh, this is just a, a story about a young girl. We'll call her Bina. I see. Mm-hmm. And a, a young, very, very handsome, hairy man. We'll call him Pert. So Bina and Pert. All right, you guys, I don't want to lie. It was me. It was me, Tina, and it was Bert. It was Bert Reynolds. I see. Well, that's very unexpected, yes. Thank you. Interesting. I'm not wow. a good liar. Listen, he came <laughs> He came to, to Florp, Louisiana. He thought he could get away from the limelight, and he wanted to have a nice dinner of frog legs. Oh, there are frogs in this story. I forgot. <laughs> but they're dead. Oh, that's they okay. They were the poor souls who died. So that Burt mm-hmm. Reynolds could eat their legs. But really, they were the lucky ones because their legs got to brush that beautiful mustache before they were ingested. I watched from the window as he ate dozens and dozens of frog legs. And I thought to myself, Tina, you deserve this. You deserve this. And then at what point in the story do you convince him to shave his mustache and replace it with Florp? It was about two weeks into when I had taken him to my cabin, uh, and uh, he pretty much at that point said, whatever you want, whatever you want, Tina, I just want to go home. And I said, perfect, <laughs> perfect. Please, Bert, be in a floor commercial. It's, it sounds more inappropriate now that I'm saying it out loud, but it was a beautiful two weeks. Mm. It was a beautiful, beautiful two weeks. 
Elliot, I don't know. I haven't checked the metrics, but I think this is our least consensual episode, maybe of all time. I think so. And I think we should move on to our th- our third question. Tina, I think you have that for us. Yeah, and uh, the, I've never heard that word consensual. That's interesting. It does not surprise me. Interesting. Uh, yes, this, this comes from uh, uh, a listener um, out in Alaska. Oh. How exotic. Hey, thanks for writing. Thanks to all our nameless listeners this week. Oh, there is a name. <laughs> oh, I didn't know is. if you wanted that detail. Yeah, usually we usually we shout him out. He hasn't consented to me saying his name. Oh, then we better not. Maybe just just make up a name to refer to him. <laughs> Learned about consent and I'm going to follow it now. <laughs> I will uh we'll name him we'll we'll just say his name is Poppy. That's nice, yeah. I like no, that's nice. Yeah, like a poppy seed. So what does Poppy have to say in his letter? Sure, sure. Uh, Poppy, uh, this is actually directed towards me. That's amazing. Thank you, Poppy. Uh, it says, Tina, when, when are you going to retire? And, uh, and what, what, what will you do on your retirement? Thank you, Poppy. Oh, that's, in- that's really, uh, that's nice. I like when our, our listeners have a vested interest in our guests' well-being. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, except uh, the word retirement doesn't exist where I live. Really? You've never heard it before? No, we call it death. Oh. You know, <laughs> Elliot, this commitment to working and commitment to your jobs, this, this blue-collarness is something we've seen time and again in small-town America. Mm-hmm. you got to love it. You do. You have to admire it and respect it. So, Tina, what you're saying is you're going to be at Florp until you die. You're going to be uh, hustling and peddling this product in the PR sense until... You cannot anymore. You're maybe you're bedridden, just like Captain Floor. Yes, and then uh, you know, I I just made my will the other day because I I and I'll, I'll say it here so it's firmly planted in everyone's brains. When I die, and the frog dies, which will be at the same time because we are the same. He is I, and I is he. Right. Yep. Of course, you are one. Yes. Yep. Yes, you're I would like us to be Im- embalmed and kind of like in a catacomb, but I'd like to be seated on a fancy chair. With my legs crossed, and on my lap, I want my frog with his legs crossed, and there we will sit for all of time. Almost like a flirt Buddha. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, well, that sounds positively regal. Uh, I like it. Uh, you're clearly a woman of taste. And, Stop uh, flirting. <laughs> um, Vince, please. In an episode about consent, you really need to... <laughs> Dial it back a little bit. Sorry, we've just been on the road for so long. I'm... I know. Oh, yeah, because you traveled all around the U.S. for basically all of the 90s trying to sell floor. That was a rough. That was rough. I saw lots of things. Well, speaking of rough, <laughs> perhaps we should dive into a, 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 a segment all about rough edge. Ooh. That's when we like to call Elliot Seats. So, listeners, you know my brother. He loves to explore the food scenes, the cuisine, the culinar of the towns that we visit. Uh, and despite his strict dietary restrictions, which I'm sure he will inform us about, he loves to investigate what's going on in a foodie sphere. Uh, Florp, very interesting town for such an endeavor, don't you think, Elliot? I think so, Vince. And it really highlights my diet du jour or do week that I've been taking part in. Uh, those French lessons are really paying off, Elliot. <laughs> Could you not speak in another language? I don't. I don't speak it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we. I mean, this is an American podcast, after all. Yeah. So, so this week I was trying something called artificial veganism, and that's where you don't eat anything man-made. And so, typically, 
you would eat, you know, uh, copper wire, batteries. But fortuitously, we're in a town that has possibly the greatest inorganic material of all, floor. Wait, so this, you mean you do eat man-made materials only? Not Well, not grown oh, I, from the earth. I see, yeah. I see. Okay, gotcha. Things that are artificial. I see. Okay, and Florp? Florp was on the menu. Yes. Um, for, Tina, correct me if I'm wrong, for a lot of the 90s and early 2000s, Florp was trying to make its way onto the menus of a lot of different meals and restaurants. Yeah, we wanted to be the new uh, the new trend. The new, you know, there was the Atkins diet. We wanted to have a Florp diet. Sure, so f- you were treating Florp almost as like a dietary supplement. Absolutely, that's how I've kept this great physique. Yeah, very uh, amphibious and frog-like. You have very wet skin. <laughs> Easy. Um, continue, Elliot, please. So in town this week, there was a great restaurant that I think... Uh, had something for the health conscious, and it had something for the whole family. It was called Captain Florp's Family Fun Time Feedback Restaurant. I love that name. Catchy. Very catchy. And uh, it was it was started almost as, as a, a PR pivot from you, Tina, to put Captain Florp in almost like the Dave Thomas Wendy's position of, hey, we're just wholesome people here. Uh, we have this slimy stuff that you can eat. And we make it right here. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we uh, we dressed the captain in his best captain garb and uh, took some shots. Unfortunately, uh, the feedback from the the, the shots uh, apparently people don't like to see a man who looks like he's dead on their food, whether or not he's dressed as a captain or not. So uh, then we went to a cartoon frog dressed as a captain. It's fun. But for some reason, oh. if I'm if I remember right, you also illustrated the cartoon frog to look as if he were clinging to life desperately. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's our whole thing, you know. Uh, the feedback was also negative, right? So do, you had to change a third time. Yeah. So what is it today? Today it's just the letter F. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is definitely a case of uh, too many cooks, and that's exactly the case of Captain Florb's family fun time feedback restaurant because there were so many cooks in the kitchen trying to figure out how to make florp into edible food yeah literally there was at least at least 72 cooks in that kitchen and they just they didn't have the room to to maneuver they didn't have the time or the room to really make florp flourish i didn't really get to sample anything because i I looked I looked into the kitchen and all the cooks were standing shoulder to shoulder. They could not move. Yeah. I was doing a little research. Uh, I love to to look up where my brother's eating so I, I can have an informed opinion. And it seems like maybe instead of uh of more cooks, uh you might have wanted to replace the equipment. I hear uh, everything is made in an easy bake oven. Is that correct? That is correct. A series of easy bake ovens or just the one? Just the one. I learned as a child if you put if you plug in more than one, uh, you will have a fire. Well, safety first, uh, though I think the fire code might say something about the number of cooks. But, I, you know, I, I'm not here to hem and haw around legislation. You know, I'm here to see how we can get our, our sink our teeth into some good floor dishes. Well, uh, I, uh, I figured you would have wanted some. Uh, so I I have some on me. Oh, oh this is excellent, Tina. What are we What are we about to feast on? Uh, I call this the the Florp Nugget. Uh-huh. So kind of a riff on the chicken nugget. Correct, correct. Uh, yes, uh, but 
with the florp nugget, you need no dipping sauce. Since it's already sort of oozy and viscous. Correct. Just get past the the initial uh, gag reflex, uh, and you will be surprised. Oh! So, <laughs> oh, I got it. Okay, well, now that I see <laughs> Vince almost writhing in pain, I think I'm going to take a pass. I wanted to clarify, on this nugget, there is a stamp of the letter F. Is this your new logo you were talking about or is this um a grade from the usda uh uh both if you turn it around elliot there's four minuses on the back also elliot i i have to say um uh i i can't i can't let you leave without without putting a nugget in your mouth so it's a phrase i don't want to hear often uh okay so hmm it's are my eyes are my eyes bleeding (laughs) no i think your tears are florp colored so uh whatever that means uh Okay. You didn't gag at all. That's interesting. I'm used to eating a lot of uh, things that you might not necessarily call food, being on a total vegan diet. So, so I, I think I might just have a little more of a tolerance than Vince does. What? I just smelled your breath. I just smelled your breath, Elliot. So, if you want to talk away from me, oh, I thought you had just turned on that old Florp commercial. You sounded just like that mom gagging at the yoga. Oh, that's got to be that's unintentional for sure. It's a coincidence. Um, wow, what an illuminating conversation, Elliot. And I think uh, while I still have the constitution for it, we should jump ahead to our next segment right away. We should, Vince. That's called Did You Know. So listeners, Did You Know is our rapid-fire trivia segment where we fire five fast facts about the town we're staying in back and forth. Florp lends itself very well to such a to, to such a segment, and I think we should start with none other than Miss Tina Florp herself. Tina, what's something we don't know about Florp? We have no weeds. <laughs> listeners, did you know there are no weeds in Florp? There are no weeds in Florp. Is this uh, Florp the product related? Uh, could be. Could be. Does anything grow at all here? No, uh, no. We have just frogs and water and sand, as mm. you've noticed, sand. But that's not a growing thing. <laughs> unless, is it growing? Does, is sand, I don't is sand think. growing? No, I think sand is small, small bits of sediment that accumulate over time. Unless you're talking about squand, which <laughs> is a competitor of floor that grows and how dare you Elliot, mention that name? Elliot, how dare you? Vince mentioned it at the top of the episode. I thought it was fine. Elliot, how dare I? We should move right along. <laughs> guys, I didn't know that. But did you guys know, I'm sure Tina knows, that part of the marketing effort in the 90s for Florp was a Saturday morning cartoon? Oh, that's, you know, something a lot of uh, a lot of toys in the 90s did. I'm, I'm not surprised to hear, but I am intrigued. This was sponsored by Mattel. It was called Florp and Friends. Tina, can you talk to us? Give us the log line for the series. Uh, well, it always ended with, Oh, I squeezed the frog too hard. And who's the character that you're quoting again? Uh, well, actually, that it was it was based off me. Uh, the, 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 the name was Bina. Uh, there's Bina again. Bina. So it was Bina and she lived down at the bayou with a bunch of frogs and it was meant to teach kids lessons and just have fun with fl- Yeah, but then it just kind of went, it went, it, it turned a left corner, you know, it turned, it turned, uh, cause we didn't, we weren't teaching anyone anything. It just, uh, it was, it was really, uh. <laughs> It, 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 I'm surprised we have frogs to this day because they really just taught kids how to squeeze frogs and maybe get some florp out of them. But it made for some really, really fun toys. Uh, I'm sure, uh, you, you guys probably remember, you know, it was, mm. you know, in the vein of like the 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 baby dolls that that 
uh, you could feed them and then they poop. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Very popular. Exactly. Very yeah. popular. Uh-huh. So we it was a it was a it was a, a frog, uh, and uh, you just squeezed it and and Florp came out its its behind. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that's called a cloaca in, in frog terminology. Well, I know what the yeah. toy was mm-hmm. called. It was called My First Florp Beehole Frog Baby. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The marketing department that came up with that name, uh, genius, mm-hmm. a stroke of uh, artistry. Yeah, the design for the frog, I, I understand, went through several iterations to make it more like it was almost dead, more corpse or cadaver-like. I actually have some of the first draft notes here, if you, anyone's interested. Oh, great. It says... This is, these are from Captain yeah, Florp, right? You, you, th- thankfully, he disclosed them as public record. The first line says, <laughs> make the frog seem more dead. And then the second line says, "Make the bee hole more seeable." Yeah, that was a uh, that you know that was a uh, that was actually uh, a family rule to always always make the bee hole visible for uh, what mm-hmm. you were about to eat or play with. That's why uh, bee hole frog has a giant red arrow on his stomach and his back pointing down. And that phrase is actually written on my wall as well. The implications thereof are dizzying, but perhaps we should move on to the next Did You Know. Did you know that the Florp cartoon was so popular that there was a a, a live-action spin-off of it in the in the early 2000s and late 90s? Oh, I remember watching this every Saturday morning with you, Vince. Oh, absolutely. It was called, of course, Being a Warrior Princess. Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate that. Show. Why? Why is that? What they they took too much creative license with the character, or well, they just yeah, you know it. Uh, you know, Bina was this warrior, but she had no heart, and uh, mm-hmm. because it was made of floor. Correct. Wasn't the premise of the show? She was looking for her heart, similar to like a Tin Man esque situation. Yeah, she was looking for her. Well, her her frog, you know, mm. like. How my frog, you know, because I am he and he is I. Oh, there's that again. Um, so, t- sure, Tina, maybe, uh, maybe you have the next did you know fact for us? The tech one. The next one. Oh, the one. next one. Oh, god. Actually, it is a tech one. <laughs> How fortuitous! Oh, great. Did you know that Florp was the first virus found in an Apple computer? Wow this this Oof. must have made Steve Jobs. Curious. Yeah, it was great. That was kind of like the <laughs> ultimate PR play for you guys. Yeah, I uh, I actually didn't even mean to do it. I didn't understand computers. Someone said, hey, here's an apple for you. As I do with all my food, I wanted to put Florp inside it. So I inserted Florp into my apple. And, uh, well, the rest is history. You actually ended up dating Steve Wozniak after this for a little bit, didn't you? Well, how couldn't you? Have you seen his face? <laughs> he truly is a tech Adonis. Um, so, mm-hmm. strange properties of Florp continue to materialize. It digitized itself and began propagating across other Macintosh computers. Isn't that correct? That is correct. It became its own being, really. It's an entity. Yeah. You know how I know all this, even though you said, did you know, because I wouldn't have known it. This was actually detailed <laughs> in an episode of Ghost Rider, another 90s classic. You know, I always wanted to write as nice as those kids on Ghost Rider. I don't think the kids wrote I think that's actually the premise of the show, is that the ghost was writing. How dare you? Yeah, Vince, I, th- I think we should save that for Wikipedia and not us. True, I shouldn't be talking about my b-hole like that. Especially with how non-visible it is. I, we'll yeah. keep it that way. Um, exactly. Elliot, do you have the final did-you-know fact for us? I do. Did you guys know that Floor 
also entered into the beauty and cosmetic care industry once. That was a bright day. Yeah, it, it was a record <laughs> one day because you had to pull all the product. It was uh, marketed as sort of like an, a Clearasil acne medication cream you could put on your face, but similar to that one ac acne medication that made you want to kill yourself, Florp made you want to go and unite with frogs and become an am amphibian. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know why it failed. Yeah, you were touting that is like a, a good side effect. Absolutely. Then you will find your other. <laughs> well, uh, it seems as if that was just an ideological difference in opinion between you uh, and I think the California penal code or any number of government agencies that disagreed uh, with the amount of children that were mm -hmm. leaving their homes to go forage in America's many wetlands. That's neither here, there, or anywhere else. But, Elliot, we're, we're somewhere, but we're about to leave. Oh, no. You guys just got here. We've been here for a week, and I, I think it, it's definitely time to go. We'll, we'll keep in touch, though, I'm, I'm sure. And listeners, <laughs> we have one more little gift for you in our next segment. Wish you were here. So listeners, in a perfect world, you'd join us on our adventures, but since you can't, this is the next best thing, an audio postcard from us to you. It goes a little bit something like this. Dear listener, wish you were here in Florp, Louisiana. Of course, home to the inventor of Florp, the slime craze from the 90s that everybody loves and still loves. A town that's trying to put Florp back on the map, but instead has found some interesting applications, be it culinary, technological, and otherwise. This movement is spearheaded by none other than Tina, the granddaughter of Captain Florp. Who on no fewer than a dozen occasions reminded us that she is, and I quote, one with the frog, a frog is one with me, and we are one together. In a town that we hope you consent to having a good time in. Uh, farewell from these parts to yours. I hope you find your frog mate. Hey listeners, hope you got florped with us this week, but join us next week when we're in Togaroga, Alabama. Togaroga, Alabama is home to one of the famous NASCAR circuit races, the Togaroga One, the one-lap NASCAR race. Wow, that sounds thrilling. Don't miss it. 